Hello, and thank you for listening to the Unfiltered and Highly Opinionated Podcast. So uh, I'm here with Skylar Beavers, the creator and the mastermind behind The Watering Hole, um, his personal podcast. And uh, I just want to actually, matter of fact, we could just jump right into it. Um, So what was kind of your, I think I've asked you this before, but what's your motivation behind the watering hole. Why did you decide to create a podcast in the first place? I had a few ideas for a podcast a few years ago. Um, my best friend at the time, Caleb and I, well, I started a podcast called limited time only with my friend, Caleb. And it was, my idea was we do a podcast where we talk about like movies and pop culture and food. Cause that's all the stuff we talked about anyway. But our gimmick was, that we would do it while reviewing limited time food items. Mm -hmm. So we did like the chicken chips from Taco Bell, which were their chicken nuggets shaped like tortilla chips. And we did um, (laughs) like specific Mountain Dew flavors. And we did, uh, I think we only did three episodes, um, but our last episode was on weird gas station candy. Oh, okay. So that one was pretty fun, but I took a break from that a long time ago because it just got to be too much work between school and it was a video podcast also, which took up a ton of editing and a ton of time. So I just really like talking to people. And for a while I wanted to do an audio only podcast where I just talk to people about being themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And my dad has a podcast, which I help him with on some stuff. So uh, what is that? What podcast is that? If you don't, his is mind the plugging. his is the Slaptail Squad, and his is pretty much um, they do a different topic every week. Him and a bunch of his friends and my mom, and so pretty much like I've been in this world of constant content creation, um, and I do audio mixing with my music. I do uh, audio creation with narration and my music and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, I just have had not much to do in quarantine. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is, I might as well get the jump on it. Yeah. I mean, um, just from the outside looking in, I know I told you this off record, but like your podcast is absolutely phenomenal. I only listen to, I mean, obviously I listen to my own podcast because I have to, because I have to edit it. But then like the only other podcast I really am into is yours and uh, Joe Rogan experience, obviously, because everyone loves that one. Yeah. Um, but just to kind of brag on you for a little bit, just the level of production that you put into it. Once again, I've told you this, um, but just like you're doing something that I feel like no one else does or can do that well, like you're incorporating your wide variety of the skill set that you have you have a very wide skill set and you're incorporating all of these different things into it so you're you're incorporating poems into your podcast which who the hell does that like but it's it flows so well with the vibe that you have it's such a laid-back thing and I mean really in my opinion podcasts are really really important especially like nowadays a lot of people are looking for that kind of thing um and it's funny that our podcasts are so different but they're in a way they're kind of the same when you boil it down to yeah. you know what i mean at its core because we're we're ta- we're having guests we're highlighting other people we're incorporating our creativity into it but yours is like i, I don't want to say like scripted or by the numbers but there's a there's segments there's certain there's levels to your podcast where mine is kind of just like whatever the fuck we say, we say, and it goes on there. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but um, I think, I think there's a duality to that, that I think a lot of people can, um, can appreciate and get down with. And I'm, so let me ask you, so have you seen, do you think you've seen a pretty good level of success so far? Have you enjoyed it? I think that when it comes to, and thank you for all the nice things, because that always makes my day. You know, I love you, man. <laughs> yeah, I love you too. I think that when it comes to, um, well, I guess I should talk about kind of the inspiration behind the show's format. Mm-hmm. The way the show is structured is basically I wanted to, like I said, I want to make my own show. So it's instead of, you know, just I wanted to make it a full experience where I listen to podcasts a lot at night, mm-hmm. um, especially before I go to bed. 
And I thought that it would be just the perfect thing to make the most calming thing I could possible, which takes my knowledge of sound engineering that I literally just taught myself and my love for stories and poetry and important people in my life and just mash them all together. Um, And I think that one of the good things about this is when I did my music, when I was creating like my hip hop music and everything, I was so focused on, you know, making good music, but also hitting really high numbers. Mm -hmm. But with the podcast, it's different because right now, Uh, We only have three episodes out as of when we're recording, Um, but I have a lot more ready to come out. We've got about 30 plays on each episode with, I think, 30 listeners. So it's doing well for only being out for like two weeks. And I feel really good about it. I'm not at a point where I'm like, only 30 people. I'm like, (laughs) that's, you know, I'm like, that's still 30 people who decided to listen to my stuff. So, and I've gotten a good. Um, you know, if 30 people listen, seven people tell you their feedback. And I'm like the seven people who tell me their feedback, it's all great. So it yeah. makes me happy. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think we're around about the same listeners. I'm not quite at a hundred yet. I'm at like low nineties. I'm not sure exactly what I'm at right now. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Through three episodes. And it's, I mean, I don't know about you, but like I've honest to God fallen in love with it. Like it's, it's really, really fun to explore other people's perspectives and talk to them about themselves because most people, I mean, people have their passions, but like a lot of people are passionate about themselves and what they put their, their efforts into. So when you can, when you can get that and you allow other people to be exposed to that people, people love listening to things that people are passionate about, which is why a, a lot of times people don't, or Nowadays, more, now more than ever, people aren't even really into the news because it's so scripted. Well, hey there, Diane, we, today we're talking about blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And they don't really give a damn about what they're talking about. Nobody really gives a damn that's watching it. They just need to stay informed. So I feel like when you have something like a podcast where it's tailored to kind of what they want, because it's not exactly tailored to their specific interests, at least mine, because different people are interested in different things and I'm having different people on, but because they enjoy what I'm doing and they've enjoyed what they've seen so far, it allows for just a different kind of content. And I think now, now more than ever, this is the best time to be doing it. And I'm really, really glad that we're doing it for sure, dude. And like, you're, I'm I'm glad I pushed you to do this, man. Like, yeah, because you're, you're great. Like you're legitimately great at it. I know I'm, I know I'm beating that over your head, man. Thank like, you. It's fucking phenomenal. Like, like I, I had a certain expectation from it or going into it. Like when you told me that you were going to start working on it. Yeah. And then I heard the trailer and then it, it, you blew it out of the water. And then each episode is better than the last. Like even like your, your recent episode with your girlfriend is way better than the episode you and I did together. Like, it's just, I know I each one's better than the last one. It's amazing. I was listening to um, episode three as I was editing it. And originally episode three wasn't, I wasn't going to put her episode out yet, Mm -hmm. Um, but I wrote the rest of the show and I was like, this is by far the best one. And I was like, so I need to have her on as the interview (laughs) seven because it was, it all just came together so well. Yeah, for sure. Um, But uh, kind of shifting gears away from the podcast, you just recently mentioned your, um, your music. So, um, (laughs) I know you, I know you feel a specific way about your music. Um, but I mean, from what I've listened to, man, that's just another thing like where I can tell when you put your effort towards something, there's a certain level of authenticity and love that you have into it. And I feel like it's the same thing with your music. Um, but I know you've kind of stopped, you've kind of stepped away from it for a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but so like, why is that? What was the motivation behind stepping away from music? Well, I've been doing music since, uh, how old would I have been? I think I would have been 17. Um, my first project was with my best friend in his basement. We used my MacBook Air and we wrote a whole um, mixtape and recorded it in one night. Mm. And it was complete garbage. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so let me preface because, you know, people like, um, like Chance, his 10-day uh, mm-hmm. mixtape, people are like, he got suspended from school. He wrote this tape. He put out 10 days. 
And I'm like, we made this tape in one night and put it out the same night and I produced it and it was terrible. But <laughs> I've been doing music for a really long time. I used to play uh, guitar. I still kind of do a little bit, but I'm not, you know, nothing to brag about. Mm-hmm. And hip hop music I've just been doing forever. And um, it got to the point where if you look at my discography, if you look on my Spotify, there's less songs on there because I only put the polished stuff on there. But if you look at my SoundCloud, there's more of like kind of the B-sides, random stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but creating songs, I'm so overcritical of how it's going to be because, you know, if I tell people I run a podcast, I'm like, okay, I look like a podcaster. I've got the facial <laughs> hair. I've yeah, got yeah. the shirt. But when I would tell people that I did music that i you know was a rapper um people would be like you like well you yeah i mean <laughs> i know that i mean i i thought that i mean i was one of those people when you told me that you wrote hip-hop i was like well, i don't even think you told me i think you posted one of your songs i think it was social distancing yeah um, and i was like you know i'm just gonna go ahead and give this a listen and i listened to it and i was pleasantly surprised once again um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I would, you don't strike me as the type I would have figured you'd be doing like alternative rock or something, you know? Yeah. I, <laughs> I used to play a lot of rock on guitar and there's like videos of me. Yeah. You know, I used to go into school with my guitar and I would play like rock songs for the class and stuff, but oh, wow. hip hop has always been my favorite. I have a soft spot for rock because that's what my parents had me listening to when I grew up. Mm-hmm. But if I go on a tangent and talk about why i started i was just about to ask you that so yeah go ahead (laughs) uh it's the most ridiculous story ever but i think it's so funny and also really weird and important um when i started making music i think it was uh, i want to say 20 is 2015 2016 um my friend and i were listening to a lot of nwa and we had seen uh, Straight Outta Compton. And there's um, one, there's a specific movie that made me really think I could be a filmmaker. And that was Kevin Smith's Clerks. And then there was specific a specific album that made me think maybe I could do hip hop. And that was um, NWA's discography, where there were just dudes sitting in their house and then they made these songs. You know, that's hilarious, bro. I know it Keep is. Keep going. Is there more? Or I'm sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. Go ahead. So, so um, but that's why I don't tell that many people that because it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> I mean, a- because, bro, like you're literally the antithesis <laughs> of NWA. So that's legitimately hilarious. But and my ahead. rap is nothing like them either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Back then, I was listening to a lot of NWA. I thought they were, I still think they're amazing. I think some of the, I think their albums are some of the best ones. And Ice Cube, I was listening to his independent stuff. It's all so great. And basically, just seeing how they got their start as high schoolers making music in their house, I was like, we can do that too. So um, I took like, I didn't, I don't think I had any knowledge in audio mixing. I really don't have that much now, but we just, my friend and I, bunch of instrumentals, um, we each wrote our own parts and then we just made music for a really long time. And it's the same, if you've heard my songs, it's the same friend I made Danger With is one Mm -hmm. of my first songs under my real name. Um, And we just clicked and we were best friends and we had really good times and our music kind of reflected that we had a good, you know, friendship. Yeah. Um, And then eventually I started making songs just by myself, which I have a copy of almost all of them and they are the worst things I've ever heard. Dude, you're too hard on yourself. No, I'll have to share them. I'll have to share them. I'll have to share like one with you off recording because you will see it is like... (laughs) It it is nothing like my music now. Like it's so different. Yeah, I'm but sure. uh, a few years ago, I started. I think it was 2017. My friend and I really wanted to make an album, so I found an instrumental, and we would spend nights writing just one song. We would spend nights writing the verses, and I bought this microphone and um, all my audio recording equipment uh, as a graduation present for my parents. 
And then I just went to work on this one song. And after we finished it, um, it was like a Friday or Saturday night. We finished the song and we were playing it in my room off my laptop. And it sounded so good that we went out to celebrate. So <laughs> we went to the mall and we got soft pretzels. Wow. And, and how old were you at the time? Like 18. 18. Okay. So um, I don't know. It's not the same as it used to be back then. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when I was making music with my friend, it was an experience. But now if I'm making music, like, I can write a whole album by myself and then I just feel the same after. Yeah. I could, I could see that. There's no feeling of the celebration. I mean, there is when I put it out. Um, but last summer I wrote a whole album, like in, when I was in California on vacation, I wrote a whole album and then I came back and I was like going through it, trying to make the album. I was like, I just don't feel it. Yeah. that's why there's so many gaps between each of my songs. I think if you look probably the shortest gap between my songs are the two that came out last year. Um, (laughs) I think I put out a song last September and last November, and then I've only put out one this year because I just, I'm, I'm, I, it's not the same anymore. No, I, I can definitely respect that. I mean, there's so much that also goes into music and I feel like, I don't want to say that there's a too little reward, but, you know, you're getting the, you might get some plays or whatever, but then outside of that, like you're putting so much work into it. You're having to come up with, you know, the beat, then you have to think of the hook, then you have to write the verse. If you have someone else, you got to get your features, send it off to them. There's so many moving parts. And then, yeah, I feel like there's, there's a sliver of reward and there's a small, there's that small shot of serotonin that you get when you, when you release it and you're like, yeah, but then, yeah. I could, but then it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Cause no, I even had a, aspirations to be a rapper at one point and um I, I actually do still to this day I think I'm pretty damn good at it but I once again I don't have the the audio mixing skills and all of the other things that go into that so I, I never really I never really took it seriously I feed it more into my legitimate strengths so like speaking writing all of these other different things yeah um but no that's that's interesting bro so like are are you done are you retiring is skylar beavers retiring from music or is this just a this is just a hiatus i think it's um a little bit of a hiatus because i was making music last year i met a really great group of friends when i was in film school and we made a song um and it's like the highest quality song i ever made and i think it was really really awesome i think it was probably the best one we ever did and we put it out and nobody listened to it Mm. And it's it was so, it it sounds like a studio quality song. Like it sounds like we went and got it actually like high quality produced. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break for a little bit. Cause yeah, I could definitely see that. And then um, I also have a lot of people who for some reason ask me specifically, like the dude's sitting here on this podcast for an album. And I'm like, you don't want my album. Bro, like I know the goddamn <laughs> album, Skylar. I have had... I think um, I used to make music under a pseudonym and I will not say that pseudonym here, but there, there is an album out under that name and that's the only album I've ever put out. And it's, I just get impatient. Yeah. No, I could definitely respect that. Like as a creator, I mean, I do that just with other things. I mean, I feel like most people who create anything, they're probably their biggest critic. We're really, really hypercritical of ourselves. And then like, a lot of times there's the problem with like instant gratification, like within two minutes of posting, you're, ch- you're checking the analytics. Like I know I, I do that with my podcast. Like, yeah, as soon as I put the episode out, <laughs> I check the analytics and I'm like, bro, there's no way anyone would have even gotten halfway yeah. through the episode yet. You're like, like it's been five down. minutes. They have to listen to it on eight times speed, but yeah, no, it's the, <laughs> it's the truth though. And I think, you know, it's also because I've gone through a lot of, changes mentally Mm -hmm. being back in my house with my family and one of the things I always made sure to do about music is I'm not going to lie in Mm -hmm. my songs I'm not gonna I make songs literally for people from small towns who don't do anything yeah that's kind of how I describe my music because my music's not about girls it's not about I have money it's not about my car like I don't even if you ask me what I write about, I don't know what to tell you. It's just kind of, it's <laughs> just kind of me being me. Yeah. But the, there's a beauty in that, man. Like 
I think the problem, like even with music specifically, a lot of these people, like especially in hip hop, are rapping these things that they don't live. Like they don't really live this lifestyle and it's it's apparent it's obvious like so like if if you were to be rapping about bitches and hoes and drugs yeah. and all that stuff and then i see you i would know <laughs> otherwise you know what i'm saying and i feel yeah. like that would that would hurt your opportunity that would hurt your authenticity but because you're so authentic with it and that's why i say i want you to continue to pursue it it's you know it's no pressure i i am kind of a bit much when it comes to pushing other people to do shit because i myself have you know, held myself back from doing things just because I'm hypercritical of myself. So I know that I need a kick in the ass sometimes. So I try to kick all of my friends in the ass when I know that they'll be good at something. And it's like, yeah, you might not be like, you know, an overnight sensation or anything, but because you, first of all, you would be rapping about what you really live. um, And you put so much love into it because you are so hypercritical of yourself. I feel like it would be a success, but no pressure, man. Do your own thing. Um, because I know that you're, you, you're prioritizing film right now, correct? Is that like your, your baby right now? Or what's going on with that? Because I know you went to film school. You mentioned that not too long ago. Yeah, um, it's kind of back and forth because I, you know, the story, I, last August, I moved to Georgia, the Atlanta area by myself uh, with only the stuff I could fit in my car. And then I moved 800 miles away to attend school I moved on I want to say I moved on August 21st no Mm -hmm. I moved on August 19th and I had class on the 21st so (laughs) I wasn't even unpacked uh, and I was in class so but it's weird because I don't feel like the same person that moved down there Mm -hmm. I am moved back in Michigan I'm back with my family I have all my stuff I don't have an apartment Um, and I have my professional film training but now with the pandemic and everything, you know, I had a plan where my plan was, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this career move now, pretty much, I think as evidenced by my podcast, I'm just trying to be happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's, what's most important to me right now is just trying to take it day by day. Mm-hmm. And I still write, I still, I'm still working on music. I just not putting it out. Cause mm-hmm. I think it's, I don't want to say it's not the right time. I just don't think it says, I don't think it's up there yet, but I mean, film has always been that thing that has been driving me towards. I always did theater, took film classes in high school. I took movie making in high school and then college. I did a bunch of that stuff too, but now it's at the point where I'm like, and I talked about it with my girlfriend a little bit on her episode I didn't get the same satisfaction from being at, you know, Pinewood Studios doing these cool things. It doesn't really compare to just sitting down and watching TV with my family. And I think that's really how I know where my priorities are right now. Because mm-hmm. I was gone for so long and it's it was difficult, especially because I was alone too. So... I think right now, you know, I've stopped applying for jobs in Georgia and I've pretty much just settled on all my energy is going to go towards this podcast mm-hmm. and then just doing work around the house. I mean, no, that's that's a beautiful thing that I feel like a lot of people struggle with, um, myself included, like when it comes to balancing um, your ambition and your time away from your personal projects. Because, you know, it's it's important to take breaks and it's important to, you know, realign your priorities and prioritize your family over work and all these different things. Because, I mean, you can you can overdo it. You can you can overexert yourself and then fall out of love with whatever you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring up a very, very important point about just balancing that, like be ambitious, but don't be overly ambitious. Don't overextend yourself. Don't overwork yourself. You kind of take take a week off you know hang out with your family watch tv with your family talk to your family because i feel like especially nowadays a lot of people are so disconnected and from a physical standpoint like yeah. from the people immediately around them um so yeah no that's that's a beautiful thing i'm glad that you're, you're kind of taking a step back and like podcasting while especially with yours you do have like production value and there's a lot of extra things that you're incorporating to it 
that that's fun for you, right? Like you, that's yeah. not, I mean, it, it might be work, but it doesn't feel like work all the time. Right. Yeah. And it's nice to have, you know, I love video editing mm-hmm. and I got certified professionally to be a film and TV editor, but what I the, still, what the fuck yeah. can't you do bro? Like <laughs> you're a jack of all trades. I try to be, I also, <laughs> I, I didn't mention this before. I also used to dance. Really? Yeah, I like, did. Like, like what kind of dance? Like interpretive jazz, dancing? Jazz and hip hop for like three years in uh, sophomore through senior year. So I was taking dance lessons and I used to, I don't know if I have any video. I have pictures, but I used to do, um, at the end of every year, they had a show and I was actually the first boy to graduate from the dance school. Like I was their first ever actual wow. boy graduate. So it's, I forget about stuff that I do. Cause it's like, I don't think, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't sit here. I'm like, wow, I Dude. do so much. I'm like, Bro. I don't do anything. <laughs> Bro, we are so much alike in that regard. I was literally talking to my girlfriend about that the other day. Like, I'll just bring up things casually in conversation. And uh, me and my girlfriend have been together for a little over a year. And, you know, we know each other pretty well, but there's things that like I've accomplished along the way, just in life, my 22 years of life that I've never even brought up because it didn't really mean that much to me. But in reality, it was a huge deal. Like even just like my, my athletic accolades, like the medals and the trophies and all kinds of things that I've just accomplished. Um, I, it doesn't seem like a huge deal to me. So I'm not like, I'm just like, whatever. Like I don't sit there and I'm like, you know, I've done so much in my life. If anything, yeah. yeah, Like you said, it's just like, I'm just like, dude, I, I am not producing shit. I am so like not productive and it's, but, but see, how do we come, how do we combat that? Because I feel like that in a way it's a positive because it keeps the ambition going. It's like, well, what's next? You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I feel like we should revel in our accomplishments and we should, you know what I mean? You should give yourself a pat on the back once in a while, you know, it's, it's tough. Yeah. I don't know how to combat that. I think it's, I think it honestly comes down to where we are as a society, because, you know, if you're not working, you're not doing anything is kind of the reflection that it gives us. Capitalism. <clears throat> I think that's kind of, I think that's honestly how it is. If like you talk <laughs> about everything, it's like, if you're not, I don't know. We just prioritize being, you know, an asset to somebody else as our worth. Yes. So I think that's why I'm struggling right now because it's like, I am being my own asset, but what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's, and it's just one of those things that it's like COVID is going to make us have to reevaluate everything. Nothing's going to be the same. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even as I say that I'm struggling with it, hopefully more people will try and just invest in themselves. Cause that's one of the things that's hard. No, a hundred percent. I think we talked about that on, um, on our episode of the watering hole. Um, When we talked about making that leap and, you know, betting on yourself and investing in yourself and attempting to become your own boss. Um, Because like we said, there's so many people that just, they get up early in the morning they go to a job that they hate, like they're, and they're so stuck in that routine and in that rut. And it, it leads to a level of unfulfillment. And there's so many unfulfilled, sad people. And I mean, I feel like when you invest and bet on yourself and you become your own boss and you don't have to answer those questions and have to, you know, deal with the mundaneness of, you know, working for somebody else. Um, it improves the quality of life. But I mean, at the same time, capitalism kind of looks at you as like, what the hell, like, (laughs) what can I do with that until you become like a Joe Rogan and now he's making all this money. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. I think the problem kind of stems from, it's just, you know, we always talk about how this is supposed to be the best time and everybody is supposed to be able to, I just don't think the American dream is alive and well as people pretend it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's it different. holds, yeah, I think it it's holds a different us dream. down to think about the old way that it used to be. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just, it kind of almost, it says you're not working hard enough. That's why you're not successful. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that is such 
horse shit. I don't curse on my podcast, but <laughs> <laughs> we are unfiltered here, sir. You are good. Cuss as much as you like. And I think it, that's like I said, it's just bullshit. Like yeah. you can work hard at something and not succeed. And it's not always your fault, but it's, you know, I think we put too much focus on do or die. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to put more focus on it's okay to take these small steps mm-hmm. and just do what makes you happy that you want to prioritize. Yeah. And it's, a, it's okay to, to fail. Like it's okay to, you know, think that you want to be a podcaster. You try it, you put out three episodes, you fucking suck. And you know, you're like, you know what? That's okay. I'm going to try my hand at something else and not feel like you're an absolute failure just because you weren't good at something that you thought you would be good at. But yeah. I feel like we are so like, find what you're good at, do it for the rest of your life. And that that's the end of it. That's, that's your, that's your end all be all. And it's, it's frustrating. And a lot of people, like I said, are just, it's, it's depressing and it's, it's leads to a level of unfulfillment. And I feel like it's especially rampant in America because we assign your value, your individual, your individual value to how much money you can make for the system rather than how happy are you? How happy are the people around you? Are you enjoying what you're doing? Like, those are things that you should be asking yourself, but instead it's like, well, what can I be doing to, to make money? And it's, it's, it's a conflicting thing because you, you want to be happy. You want to do these things, but you also want to make money so you can be happy, but then you have to do something that you don't want to do that doesn't make you happy in order to make money. And it's just like, it's a, it's a, it's just a cycle thing. Yeah. And it's a, it's a vicious cycle and it's a frustrating thing. And I'm, unsure as to how we can fix it but i feel like having conversations like these and having you know the next generation i'm very optimistic for the next generation of leaders um i feel like a lot of people do kind of think on the same wavelength as we do that are our age yeah um and i feel like thought processes like these weren't around before i mean not to say that they weren't around but they were the vast minority um like there were people saying these things but you know everybody's like shut the hell up we don't care what you're talking about you know um but it's definitely an important conversation but um yeah i just i don't i don't know but once again this is covid has really shown me that this is the time there's really no better time but then also to find a balance because it's a stressful time for everybody. So don't, don't stress yourself out. Like just cause your, your business didn't take off in, in a week, you know? Yeah. And I think the, the way I'm trying to look at it now is like, I've been incredibly lucky to be able to, cause I was flat broke when I was living in Georgia and I was lucky enough to move back in with my family and reestablish a good dynamic and I'm okay. But that's kind of leading me now to, drift my focus away to myself where I, I just want to be, I just want to have my hands in like everything. I want to be a Renaissance man. I want to make music. I want to write stories. I want to, you know, do pretty much whatever, but the, it sucks because like my situation is not the norm. Mm -hmm. People can't just take the time and go do whatever they want to do. Yeah. So it's hard to not, feel a little bit guilty about I know exactly what you're talking about yeah just yeah. just it's it's a privilege yeah it's a, it's a the privilege I mean the guilt of being privileged in a specific way um, yeah but I mean it's but it's not your fault that you're that you have a certain level of privilege and then it's also that the way that we've geared society isn't the proper way I mean once again that's my opinion but we should be gearing society towards what you just said investing yourself buying into your interests trying everything so that you can really find what you were put on this earth to do you know what i'm saying because if you could be the greatest engineer or whatever but if you don't like doing it you're not gonna you're not gonna do your best job but if you really really love doing film or whatever but because you you didn't have the right resources, you didn't have the opportunity to do it because society tells you, oh, well, you found what you need to do. You found your niche. So stick to it. It's it's like you're you're preventing people from really, really finding their purpose. And allow, once again, allowing failure and allowing personal progression like that's how people get better. You have to try and you have to fail. 
in order to figure out your strengths and your weaknesses. But we don't incentivize that. We, we just incentivize, find your position as the cog in the machine and fit that role and stick to it until you die. And then do the same thing, instill those same values into your children and have them do the same thing. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, I, I just don't understand. I really don't. Yeah. I really I don't get it. It's very evident by um, the way that we go through high school. You know, you go yeah. into freshman year and they're like, okay, have some kind of idea <laughs> of something you want to do. And then by senior year, they're expecting you to know what college you're going to do, what major you Dude, want. These are, these are children, man. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like how we're, it, it doesn't make any sense. How the hell am I supposed to know what I want to do? And I've been on this planet earth for 15 years. I just started high school. And you think that the world revolves around you at that time too, because stuff is different. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, they are children. We have to give them a break. You have to expose them to a wide variety of things and allow them to develop interests like I, once again like I, I told you on um your podcast i didn't i didn't buy into my own interests i didn't like i was interested in these things but i didn't i wasn't allowed to focus on them because i was so preoccupied with figuring out what the hell i want to do for the rest of my life and it's like <laughs> that's that's such a stressful thing to put on a on a child yeah you know? it's it's a stressful thing to put on anybody anyone right exactly i think that you know I think the whole system is wrong. I think mm -hmm. that people's interests change and people's what they want to do changes and it's all fluid. But the sad thing is that you have to go through four to six years of college to do one thing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, by that time you've spent so much money or you've done so much effort, you're not going to do something else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is, yeah, I've, I've been hesitant. I've told you about this. I've been hesitant to even go back to school because, you know, I want to be, I want to be a jack of all trades. Like I want to, I'm in journalism school right now, but I also want to be an artist. So I want to go to art school. And then I also yeah. want to, I want to go back to school for philosophy and, or for, um, uh, I lost, I lost psychology. Yeah. Psychology. Thank you. I don't know why I had a goddamn brain fart, but you know, I want to, I want to experience a little bit of everything because I feel like that's what life's about is gaining experience, finding what you like, what you don't like taking bits and pieces of what you're exposed to applying it to yourself. And that's what makes you who you are. Um, I definitely agree. I think that, just, yeah, go ahead. No, I think that one of the, I think we were talking to Hayden about yeah. it. Uh, Cause he doesn't know specifically what he wants to do next. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, pick something and just read about it. Read as much as you can about it until you decide either you want to pursue it more or you decide that you don't want to keep reading about it and then just read about new stuff. Yeah. I think that really it's, it's just so hard to find, you know, I don't think people have just that one calling. I think we were meant to do so many things. So without spending $60,000 a year at college, uh, just go to the library. That's Make my that only shit advice. free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why colleges <laughs> make that shit free. Because I mean, when you really think about it, if you if you don't put all of this financial pressure on these kids, they have more time to really focus on their craft too. They'll be better at what they want to do and which, what they pick. Yeah, and what they you know what I'm saying? They they they'll be more beneficial to the system, you know. But because they are having to focus on all of these other moving parts, it overcomplicates the process and it makes it more difficult. And then they're paying off their student debt for the rest of their goddamn lives because yeah. they invested all of this money into it. And then when you do that, you're discouraging other people from making the leap because they see Billy over there who's paying off his student student loans at 55 years old. And it's like, well, do I really want to go to school and pursue my interests if I'm having to pay thousands upon thousands of dollars a year just yeah. to do something that I'm interested in? Like what kind of what kind of precedents are you setting? What kind of example is that for, for the youth, you know? Yeah, I definitely feel that because when I moved back home, uh, I applied to a four-year university around here for writing because that's what I do. Writing yeah. is like the whole thing I do. And I just didn't end up going through with it because it's like I can either try and work on it myself and not go into debt. I'm lucky enough I don't have any debt right now. Yeah, same. Mm -hmm. um, so... I enrolled and I paid the application fee and I got in and then I just didn't pick any <laughs> classes. 
So <laughs> yeah, um, I still get phone calls from them asking them, uh, "Do you plan on enrolling in any classes?" I'm like, oh, "I'll think about it," but yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. I'm at that. I'm at this point where you know I have cycles where I get invested in reading heavily again or picking a different activity but reading is always just the thing i go back to it's like there is a wealth of knowledge just stored in yeah. libraries and yeah. bookstores and just gotta try and take advantage of it mm-hmm. yeah like we discussed before you have resources exposure and taking advantage of your resources is so so essential to to personal progression yeah absolutely um once again, I want to be conscious of your time, but uh, I kind of just want to shift gears because I haven't been able to talk to anyone about this since we've gotten the um, results of the election. Oh, yeah. No, I have plenty of time. I literally don't have any. <laughs> well, so. good. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> um, because yeah, once again, like I said, I haven't, I haven't been able to talk to anyone um, about it. I know we were on the same side of the ballot, um, but I have a feeling that we have very, very different opinions on what we feel the future may potentially look like Mm -hmm. um so just just to start do you mind just elaborating on your feelings on how you feel about biden being president biden and kamala i think that when it comes down to everything um he wasn't my first choice i don't think he was really that many people's first choice yeah and i i definitely bought into all the stuff that he was incompetent and you know is a little bit of ignorance on my side just because I didn't want to vote for him. I just bought into a lot of the negative stuff and Mm -hmm. there definitely is negative things he's done in the past. I don't claim to know everything he's done. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what sucks is that in this country where I was just reading last night about the presidents because I really love history. Mm -hmm. Um, Presidents used to be so different. They used to be so respectable and they used to be so much better than this. Yeah. I mean, in a way, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, there was a certain, um, there was a certain air about them. There was a certain connotation with being the president. Um, but at the same time, there, a lot of things haven't really changed. I think if anything beneficial that came out of uh, Donald Trump being the president is that he exposed a lot of, the inner workings probably out of ignorance i don't think he did it on purpose oh yeah it's definitely but, on accident <laughs> <laughs> but he he exposed just the level of secrecy the level of just there's there's so many levels that are hidden away from just the public the public perspective and the public lens yeah um but back to just biden and uh kamala harris specifically um i more so was celebrating the fact that it wasn't donald trump rather than celebrating the fact that it was Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And um, just to kind of go on a a small rant, um, I am under the belief that I really, really, really wanted to be happy that, you know, we had a, this is the first time we've ever had a woman vice president. She is of, I believe, Native American descent. I believe she's African-American. And I believe she has some Southeast Asian Yes, descent in her as well. So she is a multicultural, yeah, woman, um, and I want to celebrate that. You know, as an African American, um, and as someone that you know, I, I get behind women's suffrage and women's rights. I think women deserve just as many rights as you know men do. But when I when I look at her background and I look at the things that she's done in her past, um, just specifically just her contributions to mass incarceration, which is something that I'm heavily against, it. And even Joe Biden, Joe Biden's done the same thing with just legislation that he has had yeah. a hand in passing when it comes to mass incarceration. And it, it, I'm very leery to the situation that we're in now because they're spouting these, uh, this agenda that they're all about unity and, you know, all about helping, you know, minorities and all of these different things. But when you look at their track record, it tells it an entirely different story. Yeah. But at the same time, I try not to be so negative about it because I, I, I'm of the belief that I want to allow people to grow. And it's been quite some time since those, those things have transpired. So I want to allow them a fair shake and give them the opportunity. But then if you go and you look back at how politics work and the way politicians 
go about their business, it, it history does not does not work in their favor, and it makes it kind of discourages me. And and it's it's frustrating to see people on social media like, woo, like we got Joe Biden, we did it, blah blah blah. Yeah, but it's, it's not, not a, a real victory. Yeah, yeah. It, we we didn't really do anything. There's a, but once again, I have to give them the opportunity to put in the work and to fix the problem. But I feel like there's a level of complacency um, or acceptance, immediate acceptance. I feel like everyone should be a little more, apply a little more scrutiny to the situation. And we need to hold these people accountable. We don't hold our politicians accountable enough. We really don't. It's so true. I think that, you know, when I was, I was watching the election so closely, I was Mm -hmm. stressing myself out. I was watching it for like, I was, (laughs) I tried to tell you to shut the shit off, bro. I I voted, I voted and I muted all of it, bro. And I was just like, until I know the results, I don't, I don't care about any of this other shit. I was just so anxious. I had to like, I had to keep following it. And when I learned that Joe Biden was called, you know, it's not, there was a weight off my shoulders, but it was not the whole weight yeah. because there's so much that we have to do. And there's so much that we have to try and enforce. And, you know, it's, te- it's technically not over. Right. But I, yeah. I mean, I don't really like Kamala Harris, especially because of the mass incarceration stuff and all that, you know, yeah. and I think it goes back to, it's important that we have, people of color and people from different backgrounds exact jobs yeah but i don't think that's what's most important thank you and when i say things like that i'm seen as you know i'm being negative or you know you're an uncle tom you support white supremacy because you're not supporting a strong black woman in office and it's like dude that's not the that's not the fucking point yeah the, it, point, it is, ne- the point is that yes i am all for inclusivity and all of these different things, you know, like I said, women's rights and all of that, but she is not the one that I feel best encompasses all of those values. And that's all I'm saying. But once again, when I say things like that, I'm seen as going against my own people. I'm seen as going against women. I'm seen, you know, it's a touchy subject. It's a very, very touchy thing to talk about. And I think it's, it just makes it more toxic because it's like, you don't want people to support people of color just because they are people of color. You want to celebrate what they stand for while also being a person of color. Everyone needs to be held accountable, not just white people, not just, not just Tommy down the street. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to, you have to hold everyone accountable, especially when they are politicians. Like, and once again, just to kind of go on another tangent, when it comes to president Obama, like when he was first elected, I remember being really, really, really excited. You know, he's a black man. I'm yeah. a black man. That's that's great. <laughs> but when you pay attention, like if you really, really research and you really, really read about what went on during his presidency, during all of the all of the things, he's he did some some vile and some really, really sick shit. But then when you talk to black people about it, they're just like, he's the greatest president of all time this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, so then you you don't really care about America. You don't really care about politics. You care more so about racial, racial issues, which is, I'm not saying that that's a problem. Yeah. Um, But just don't go spewing all of this information. Like, you know what you're talking about and you have no real research on what really went on. You know, because it's just like, and it's something that I've just seen within my community and that I wanted to get off my chest that we need to just stop voting for people or stop supporting people simply because they look like you. Make sure they look like you and they also align with the values that you believe in. Like, yeah, you, you can't get so caught up in, because not to say that that's racist, but you're not looking past skin deep, you know? You yeah, have to look beyond It's kind of artificial. Yeah, exactly. I and think it, that... You know, when I when I think about it, you know, because I have, um, I'm I have you know Hispanic heritage and mm-hmm. a bunch of other different stuff, but I don't vote based on those things, you know. Yeah. Which it's this, it's like you were saying with Obama, Obama winning the presidency, it, it was life changing for yeah, so many people. It was a huge and, deal, yeah, and it changed the world. But he still that doesn't make him, you know. Uh, not able to be criticized. He did what every other president has done, basically. You know, I mean, he 
He was bombing. He, he, he signed legislation on these things. And then another thing that frustrated me about it is that he, I mean, maybe he didn't, maybe this was just the air within the community, but like there were so many things that he was supposed to do for our people. You know what I'm saying? Like for black issues and, but (laughs) that didn't, it didn't happen. Nothing changed. He did more for LGBTQ people than he did for black people, which once again, that's not a problem. I have no problem with it, but it's, but it's like, we voted you in thinking you were going to do this and you didn't do what you were running your campaign campaign on. But that's something that all presidents do. They have yeah. these things that they say that they're going to do. Once again, I mean, it's not 100% his fault. There's so many moving parts, you know, being opposed by Congress and this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 blah. But it's just like, just back to the point where you have to, you have to just make sure you know where your ideals lie, where your morals lie, and vote that way. Stop voting towards your party. Stop voting... You know what I'm saying? Stop stop yeah. getting so preoccupied with these preconceived notions. Figure out what you believe in, what you want to see in your leaders, and vote that way. I don't give a damn if he's white, you know, or if vice versa, you're a white man. If he's black, but he's still aligned with what you believe and he looks like a real leader to you, that's what a real leader looks like, that's who you should vote for. Even if he's yeah. a Democrat and you're a Republican, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. These are arbitrary titles that we give and we put so much stock into these things when at the end of the day, they literally hold no value. They literally don't mean anything. I had a friend text me a few days ago to talk to me about the election. And, um, you know, we talk about all these titles like left and Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. the Democratic parties. And he was asking me how I felt about things. And I was like, well, I was like, I sim- I seriously, I just don't put a label on it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. my own thoughts. And he was trying to get me to box in, and he's like, <laughs> so uh, he's like, so are you leftist? Are you like? And I'm like, I I'm my own person. Like I don't need a Democrat sticker on my car. I don't need people to identify me as something because what if my thoughts change? Mm-hmm. You know. So we definitely just put too much stock on labels Mm -hmm. and it sucks because you know trump got 70 million votes like half the country still voted for this man yeah and you know he's got more supporters than voted Mm -hmm. so but it's because we idolize a lot of people idolize politicians but i don't think any president has been like idolized in like a cult following like donald trump was like these people no matter what he says no matter what he does they'll follow it they'll follow it and then they'll they'll justify it they'll make excuses for him and it's just like we can't do that especially when it comes to our leadership you have to be highly critical of your leadership that is the only way we are going to get the proper leaders to be able to to fix the issues if we just enable them (laughs) they're going to keep doing wrong by us and it's frustrating to see that we're still having this problem in 2020 man like it's like what the fuck like (laughs) what what are we going to do i think once again be moving in the right direction but go ahead sorry yeah no i think that you know it's a good point where you know like our friend patty she'll Mm -hmm. do like um she'll like jokingly send the fan cams of biden and stuff yeah yeah it's okay if it's a joke, but it's like, you can't, we can't like, you can support politicians, but you can't stand a politician. Yeah. Which people do. Well, yeah. they do. And like, it's crazy. It's their Biden, personality trait. <laughs> yeah. Biden has so many supporters who, you know, kind of him and Trump are the opposite sides of the coin, but they still have those people. Mm-hmm. And it's just so hard when, you know, my entire world is crumbling outside the house and I'm just chilling inside of it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, I don't Oof. know. I try to do everything I can. And I, you know, I was talking to um, a few people about how this election has been different for us young people. Cause this is the first one where I um, donated to a campaign. Oh, where? I, I was it donated. Yang probably? Yeah, it was yeah, Yang. I could see that. Yeah. And then, um, we all knew he was going to lose, but I donated God to his campaign. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, he was, I mean, I think if not Bernie, he was the one, man. 
I think. But, but he, he had a lot of good ideas. He still has he still has opportunities though. Bernie's done, but yeah, yeah, Yang Yang still has a chance at some so point. So I I donated to him, and then um the night before the election, I want to say I donated to Biden. It was either the night of or the night before. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to. I'm like, get rid of this bad juju. I will <laughs> donate to this man so that I don't have that on my conscience if he right. loses. Right, right. You did you did all you could. Yeah, 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 and yeah. It's, yeah. It's so, it's just crazy because, you know, there's so much that we talk about America being number one, but America, it's pretty much just 50 individual countries right next to each other and all somehow ran with one figurehead. It it doesn't, it doesn't work. I mean, I'm I'm sorry to say it, it's, it's an outdated system. Um, This is something that we came up with hundreds of years ago. Um, we still abide by the same rules, the same process. I mean, the process from a technological standpoint has changed. It's matured, but yeah. the process in itself is essentially the same process. Um, and it's, it just, it just doesn't work. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm like some anarchist. I'm like, tear the motherfucker down. But like, yeah, but we it's... have to, we have to make small incremental changes to reform everything. I mean, we need to reform government, police, all of that, which that could be a whole nother podcast. So I don't want to get all the way into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that conversations like these are the most important thing. And I think this is how change is going to come about. Absolutely. Um, but I've got, I've got one more thing I want to talk about and then yeah. we can go ahead and wrap it up. So um, on Twitter, you are the Spider-Man guy. Mm. You are Mr. Spider-Man. You have always pretty much your whole life, even when I've seen like pictures of you as a child. Yeah. You are Mr. Fucking Spider-Man. You might as well be Peter Parker, bro. Like, so where, where does that stem from? Where does your love of Spider-Man come from? Um, you know, it's one of my earliest memories I ha- have is the first movie came out in 2002. So I would have been four. Um, my dad and my stepmom were dating at the time. Um, and my dad took me to see the first Spider-Man movie and my stepmom wanted to see it. And my dad asked if I would be okay seeing it again. And it's one of my earliest memories. I like jump up and down and I'm like, yes, I am definitely excited to go see this movie again. And then just from there, you know, learning how to read and reading comics. I've been reading comics forever and I just identify, and I think that's why he's one of the most popular characters in the world is he's so identifiable. Mm-hmm. It literally could be anybody. Yeah, you know, absolutely. His struggles are so human and his problems are so human. And they're all problems that we go through, you know, not having enough money to do this <laughs> or get, you know, work on whatever you want to work on or just having a constant struggle. Yeah. And I think that that's what really draw drew me in. And then, you know, I've just been holding on the entire, like it's not waved. You know, some people, they'll like switch up or they'll, you know, they're like, oh, I'm too old for this. I'm like, yeah, I can see from where I'm sitting. I have, uh, I used to work at a movie theater. So I used to get movie posters for free. Yeah. I have a Spider-Man homecoming poster framed on my wall <laughs> and I've got a Spider-Man cup holding all my pencils and pop figures. And, but I think it's really just, it's like, there is so much wrong and sad in the world Yeah, that it's nice to see somebody you relate to, even if it's fictional, get mm-hmm. a win. Yeah, which he yeah, he he's the kind of character where it's like against all odds, like he somehow finds like he's a way to overcome the most human superhero. Oh, one hundred percent. I can't think of anyone more human than than Peter Parker, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Then okay, let me ask you this. So you're cause you know there's multiple Spider Man, so you're you're a Peter Parker over Miles Morales kind of guy. Did it disconnect? Are we good? What just happened? Are you good? Yeah. I don't know what just happened. for a second. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, mine did too. Give me one sec. Let me just try to fix this. Hopefully that doesn't fuck anything up. All right. Okay. But yeah, so like I was saying, um, 
So I know you you're like a Peter Parker guy, but are you Peter Parker over Miles Morales kind of guy? Is that your thing? It's interesting because um, Miles Morales character isn't very old. He's only like yeah. a few years old. Yeah. So I've always been, you know, there are so many iterations of the character. I've always loved Peter Parker, but it's so weird. Yeah. Like I love Miles. <laughs> like it's because like I said, I am Hispanic and I, I think that, you know, it's, it was really weird to watch a movie like Into the Spider-Verse mm-hmm. and identify with Miles because, you know, I could still pass for someone that's white, but I still have heritage. And it's, I, I still felt like seeing Miles on the screen was very similar to seeing myself on the screen. I mean, yeah, he's, and it's beautiful that he is another iteration of Spider-Man because once again, Miles is superhuman the things that he goes through are like street level problems. Like he's experiencing like regular things, but it's just from a different perspective, you know, from, from someone that's of Afro Latino descent. Um, But it's still essentially the same character. And I think that's what's beautiful about it. And usually I'm not a fan of like, which sounds crazy. I'm not a fan of like forced inclusivity. So like when you, like if they were to make Peter Parker black, that would be something that I'm like, well, yeah, why not just make a new character? Like, why are I, we, why are we doing agree. this? Because um, there's so many characters where they do that. They yeah, change and it's frustrating as hell. I feel like, yeah, yeah, I feel like it belittles actual inclusivity. Like, we need to create, bolster our own roster of characters. But when you change an already established character with all of these years of storytelling. All it's going to do is piss off the diehard fans who were like, well, I don't want to see a goddamn black Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Because it's like it's taken there, away from their Spider-Man. So it, it, you have yeah. to you have to find the balance. But I think with Miles, they did it the right way. And I, I, I personally I love I love Miles Morales. I love his comics. And I also love Into the Spider-Verse. But there's I don't think there, there is any replacing, you know, good old Pete, man. I think it's it's such a good point because, you know, I'm definitely way too involved in, you know, as it's funny because you call me the Spider-Man guy. That's what I was <laughs> in high school too. People would come to me with questions about comics. Yeah. And they would talk to me about the movies and stuff. And they're like, you're just the person to come talk to. And I'm like, I don't think I'll ever get away from it, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I totally agree because there's a, it's so obscure and random, but mm-hmm. there is an argument about um, people wanting MCU Peter Parker to be a transgender character, which I don't oh, know if you've what? seen any why? of that stuff. But why though? Because, you know. Just for representation? Yeah, representation's sake. And I'm like, I just don't agree with it. You why know? not <laughs> create a transgender superhero you would still get your representation you'd be able to have your own brand of storytelling but see they're they're looking for the the easy way out they're looking for the short answer so if yeah you, if you have a transgender character you plaster spider-man on it the name carries the value and carries the weight so you know what i'm saying they're not trying to build up a new character they yeah. want the the quick fix the quick answer and it's just like god all you're doing you're killing your own cause it's just invalidating it yeah you're invalidating yourself and i just don't get how people don't see that like i don't get how that doesn't make sense to people yeah so i'm definitely a huge fan of miles yeah see his movie is probably the best out of all of them which is blasphemy if you know i I agree wholeheartedly bro that that's probably the best spider-man film that's come out yet and there's i mean that doesn't mean the other ones aren't great yeah, but that one was just there's a level of just uniqueness to it, and the storytelling's really really good. The visuals, everything about it is like great. It's magical. Yeah, yeah it's, it's magical. so good for sure. But yeah, um, he's always that's always it's just been my favorite colors are red and blue, <laughs> and my first car when I got um, I customized my license plate. I had a red car, and it was so old it was classified as an antique. <laughs> um, yeah so what was it <laughs> it was a 1989 buick riata oh shit i don't even know what that looks like damn it's a sports luxury car from the 80s okay well that that can't be too bad then yeah but it it ran terribly oh, so shit. Yeah. but i have um and i still have the license plate somewhere my first license plate was a custom license plate that i got from the state 
and it's um it says spider-man 62 on it and it's like shortened to fit mm-hmm. on a plate so like it's just it's literally just all the time always i get that i get that i'm kind of i've been like that with um i'm a wolverine guy you know that yeah um, i've always just just he's just so so badass and like you know as a as a child i was really angry all the time so like i identified with like his just shut the hell up get out of my way kind of kind of mentality um i'm not gonna get all the way into my 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 fanboying for wolverine but <laughs> i was just curious really i asked you the miles morales question because i know a lot of people who are into the comics there he he got some pushback um yeah from like, from like diehard yeah from like diehard spider-man peter parker fans so i was just as the guy i know as the spider-man guy i was just curious on your perspective but you gave me a very very good answer for sure um but yeah, I mean, unless there's anything else you want to touch on, we can go ahead and uh, wrap this up, man. Anything else you you'd like to bring up? No, I think I'm I think I'm good. This is the second podcast I've done today, so my yeah, your brain fried. is like I'm like yeah. I don't have any topics. <laughs> yeah, no, I I can I can respect that. Um, but uh, before we go, uh, go ahead and plug yourself. Anything that you want to um get out there? Uh, so you can listen to my podcast, which is called the watering hole. You can listen to it on Spotify, Apple podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to them. And, um, my personal Twitter that I promote, like whatever I'm doing, uh, it's usually just the antithesis of my podcast. It's just, (laughs) you know, stupid, dumb humor. Um, it's just at sky films things. And, uh, you can find my music under Skylar Beavers on pretty much every platform also. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tag all of that in the description of the episode. If you're interested in, um, contacting or connecting with Skylar. Um, but as always, my brother, I love you and uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you for coming to talk to me, man. Yeah, I'm so happy I got to. I love you too. I love talking to you. It's yeah, so man. great. <laughs> yeah, you're great to talk to. I, there's very few people I've been able to to talk to like this and it not get old. I don't even know how long we've been talking. I'm I'm pretty sure it's been over an hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it 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 doesn't feel like a long time at all. But yeah, as always, man. Thank you. Much love. Stay safe, man. Yeah, you too. Thank you, bro. We did it. We did it, bro. <laughs> Thank you.